Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Most leading edge conversations, awakening the authentic self to empower soul growth. And today is November 27, 2022. And we have a special guest that I'll introduce in a moment. And the title of our subject for this whole conversation is Astrological Mavericks. It happens to be the title of his book of Michael Bartlett's, who is our special guest for today, of a book. And it incorporates an amazing concept that is familiar, but really a focus about planets that are angular. And with the question, do you have what it takes to change the world? Which we know in this day and age, we are seeing plenty of. And in a nutshell, the gift of this, regardless of how it might manifest, is that we have an opportunity to set new rules, as he says, from expected norms. And we have to remember that we have planets ingressing these ending and beginning just collectively. We have Jupiter coming up, uh, Pluto next year, however it manifests. So thank you very much for joining. We love to have you. You can always listen on podcasts and YouTube. Michael Bartlett is, I will say, he focuses on esoteric astrology. He's a metaphysician, metaphysician guide, traditional and esoteric astrologer, and author, facilitator of a subtle artist, and a CFO of CoreMichael.com. So just to elaborate a little bit, Michael Bartlett focuses on esoteric astrology and traditional, incorporating those depths of the outer planets, one that I'm very in tune with, essentially, of mystery. Like, what are they about, too? Let's find out. So his training, highly intuitive nature, with three decades of business experience and over two decades of astrological wisdom, gives him this extensively resourced textbook. Textbook. He's also the author of three books, Astrological Mavericks, Do You Have What It Takes to Change the World, and Astro Theater, A Revolutionary Approach to the Ancient Art of Astrology, very much like our Astro Jam. And I think it would be great to have you on it. Hi, Michael. <laughs> Hi, Sue. How are you today? I am fine. This is really a, a great gift. So, oh, and I hadn't said, but you were also the interim president of Kepler College, and you offer these webinars. So this slideshow I have edited that Michael has presented that really gives a lot of the core, you could say. But yeah, did you have a, here I'm babbling along, but I guess with space to, to offer, like if you had a thought that you wanted to comment on or just jump right into the slideshow. Oh, I just think it's really wonderful to be on your show after um, seeing your show so many times and the wonderful work you do, I'm really honored to be present. Thanks so much for having me on today. Oh, well, I'm happily impacted by that supportive interest because you 
This is good. This is good. We'll lead on. We'll add to more content. Okay. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Then we'll see. Nathan, if we could have, thank you. So this, we understand we have a podcast and we are trying to communicate audibly. But for those visual folks, here we are with just a slideshow that you could enjoy at your leisure. And I want to give total credit to Michael Bartlett for providing this information because I have edited it. Not totally. So it's a little mixed. But here we go. So astrological mavericks do you have what it takes to change the world this is something that we're taught to do very abstractly in in school aren't we it's not really always the the the, the feedback that we get no it's not and it was very interesting to do this work as, as so much happens in astrology it it came to me personally i have mars on my midheaven and I was sitting down one time with Kurt Kahn who recently passed away unfortunately and we were talking about things and he was remarking about all the red that, I, that shows up in my hands and my face and the way I speak and everything and I have no fire in my chart so that I can't blame it on fire so it's a very interesting thing and I started to realize like oh this is really powerful and I also one thing that's always stayed with me from studying astrology are planets that appear on the ascendant usually have something to do with the birth moment I, you know, like what I find is if someone has Neptune conjunct their ascendant, maybe the water broke early or there was a snowstorm. <laughs> I think you're familiar with those sorts of things. Yeah, I Friend have. mine with Saturn. Yeah, go ahead. No, it's true. I have Saturn, not Saturn, but Neptune and the moon. Yes, right there. And a friend of mine had Saturn as a, on his ascendant, an astrologer who I learned from a long time ago, Tom Brady, who worked with Barbara Sherman. They used to do this thing called astrological um, astro theater, astro drama. And that's where I got the idea of astro theater, which is my other book that I wrote. But I started looking at these things and I started seeing that there are these ways in which these angular planets really present themselves. And, and, and as I did more and more research, it appeared to me that I, I came up with this idea and this theory that if, individuals have these planets that we would know them from that showing up in their chart for that. And so we're going to show some examples today and kind of go along with it. But um, it's a really exciting topic. And you know, Mavericks are, are basically, um, when we talk about it, as someone who's independent thinking, um, they don't really listen to how other people say things. The true sense was an unbranded range animal, like calving your calves or your cows done. Samuel Maverick, um, an American pioneer and rancher, actually um, decided not to uh, brand high, brand his his um, cattle because he realized that everyone else was doing. I think he's a smart businessman and said, "Hey, why should I brand my cattle when everyone else is? They'll know it." The bad part is, is that anyone who comes along and finds your calf unbranded, you can actually claim it as your own, so you can have a chance of losing things. Um, it's but it's just it shows that there's some sort of sorry. No, no, no. Go, go ahead. There's some kind of. Yeah, so it's just like there's this like sort of a freedom freedom thing, and what I found was I um, I think we go into the next the next slide. I think oh, yeah. covers it. Let's see how's it go. Yeah, and so what I found is when any planets are conjunct an angle, they act like either a singleton, a feral, or an out of bounds planet. Um, in fact, Tony Howard said in a lecture with me, my first lecture I gave on the book at um, Norwalk a few years ago, and he said, well, all these individuals you talked about, those planets are out of bounds. And I said, well, I don't think that's mutually exclusive. <laughs> I think it could be and or, because what I did find is that there are some of us who do have these planets conjunct an angle and they aren't out of bounds and they still operate in that same way. And so there's almost like, you know, when we talk about orphan or out of bounds or singleton or feral, there's just a way that they're really almost like hyper presented, hyper expressive. I would say also that in astrology, we always look for 
ideally at least three ways that it's reflecting this energy. It's not just by itself, meaning not that it's just a singleton, but the fact that maybe it's out of bounds. Maybe it is on the angles. Maybe, and again, the, all these attributes, you know, about it. So this is powerful. This is one thing that we we understand, but sometimes getting that new perspective that it has a priority in context is adds. Yeah, so I thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. And thank you. Because what I'm so excited about is, is this interesting thing with us as astrologers. Oh, and unfortunately, it, it lost just for the, the, the slide that we're showing now should actually be the sun in the first row. And that's the sun through each of the signs on the ascendant, the sun through each of the signs on the IC. Because when we're talking about the angles, we're talking the ascendant, the IC, which is the bottom of the chart, also known as the MM Celli, the descendant, which is our relationship to other MC. So what I did is 11 planets through each 12 of the signs is 132 positions. That's 528 placements for each for throughout the whole book. Yeah. And so I need, yes. yeah, I need to say that I had to really stop and focus on this idea because, and I almost didn't include it, but I thought to myself, wait a minute, there's really good material. And I realized, okay, 11 is because of Chiron. Chiron's added, which, hey, we're all dealing with Chiron, the the wounded healer, the the part of ourselves that our story becomes everybody else's story, you know, and that's how we manifest it. And it's cycle of, you know, sort of mid age of 50 some years. So that helped. And then I saw with the different charts that the, the alphabets, the small alphabet alludes to sort of a, a symbolic, uh, representation of those planets so its own little guide so the ascendant and then these four angulars that you've said so i hope for other people that shows the little interpretation yes exactly and thank you for that sue and so what i did is i went through and i went to solar fire and they have like a a ten thousand person database and i actually went through i went into each of the planets like as i did the top part of this chart you know, each planet through the ascendant, each planet through the IC, each planet through the descendant, and each planet through the MC. And then I went and did a search for anyone who had, you know, there's if, if then statements, oh. if, if, if a person has the sun. And then the other thing I did was my book is only on people who have planets in the same sign as their angle. And this is a really important key. So like if you have a planet, say you have your one of your angles at 28, 29 degrees, or maybe one degree, but then you have another planet on the other side and the other sign. I didn't, haven't done any studying on that, but I'd have to say that would also have some sort of a strong bearing. But I just, as you know, when it comes to this, there's only a thousand pages for this book. There's only so much I can, <laughs> it took seven years to get to it. But, and then what I did, and one of my favorite things as a psych major in fact in college was reading the, uh, the case studies. And so what's nice is you can look up and see, okay, if you say like for you, so you say you have uh, Neptune, probably Neptune and Scorpio on the ascendant. No, it's actually in Libra because I have, I have Libra and I Virgo rising. So because it's 29 degrees, uh, um, what am I trying to say? Um, Virgo, <laughs> thank you. Always, and I was looking at my chart and thinking of my midheaven. But yeah, so this right. will be interesting because there I have all my Gemini, and it is so it wouldn't relate to my ascendant. Although I'm going to back up on a personal basis, I have zero degrees Saturn Virgo. So in a whole house system, 
Saturn, instead of being in the 12th house, kind of wondering whose law is true, man or nature, <laughs> which right, gets a little right. confusing. It's right exactly. smack dab on my ascendant going my way, <laughs> maybe. Right, exactly. <laughs> that, and that is what it does. So then what you could do is you can look up the book. You know, so anyone who has a planet in the same sign as an angle or right on the angle, then you go in, you can look it up by the planet sign combination and angle combination and see who else in history has had those sorts of placements and what they were known for. My idea being that it should be readily apparent. One of the examples I have is, because um, the other thing is, is it doesn't matter whether, what I find is that there's such a force of energy with this that the hard part is, is that regardless of the morals of the person, it's going to present itself. Meaning that one of my examples that have similar placements is Ted Bundy and Richard Carpenter. Ted Bundy, who murdered a lot of women, and Richard Carpenter of the Carpenters, who sang a lot of songs. But if you look at the way he sang and the words he used, they're very scorpionic. They both have a stellium and Scorpio on their IC. That was the other thing that I found so fascinating with this work, is I would have thought that people with planets on the IC, we wouldn't really hear about as much because we think of that as being that kind of hidden place within ourselves. Yeah, thank you for bringing up to that. Yeah, I, I well, yeah, I know it's me in there somewhere. I know because, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I here we are. Uh, there, no, it's not. Oh, did I put no? I don't think oh, I it's did okay. put it. Was OJ Simpson and who was the other person on the oh, Elton John? You did, I thought. Elton oh, no, John. I had you delete it. That's right. I think I had you. Oh, no, it's on your one that has about the book, I think. Well, regard yes, 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 that's it. Yeah, yeah okay. so I apologize, folks. Here we're that's okay. <laughs> uh, in fact, I don't know if you could because, yeah, we sh here oh, I it's fine, it's fine. It's just more like an idea of it. And it's just but here, what I find here's another example, yeah, with. Well, yeah, I mean, for ahead. example, I mean, what I like about this is the idea that if um, does a non Maverick person change the world? And here we have Steve Jobs on the left and um, Bill Gates on the right. Bill Gates doesn't even have a planet in the same sign with any of his, whereas Steve Jobs has um, a son in Pisces with his descendant. So mm -hmm. um, we can see a little bit with Steve, um, but not as much with Bill and that. The other thing that's really important to remember is that everyone. Um, has the moon tra uh, transiting each of their four angles every single 28 days, the sun four times a year, all the other planet transit and progression. That was the other thing that brought me to this awareness is that when planets by progression or transit hit our angles, those are usually very significant times in our lives. It's one of those things that actually in studying astrology, I was really looking for something that, what is it that's kind of present that no one's really talking about? And I was really surprised at how little we talk about the angles and how important they are. In fact, you and I even had this conversation. I've even gotten, I actually, when I did the book, I sent off to have a couple of really well-known astrologers, you know, give me a review on it. And they said, oh, well, I don't use the same sign system as you do. I, you know, I use Placidus or I use Coke. And I was like, as far as I know, all the angles don't change regardless of the house system you use. The difference is that some house systems like Coke and Placidus use the ascendant as the beginning of that first house. And I think that that one slide, we go back a little bit, which yeah, is really I'm good. I'm getting to it, right? Perfect. The red one. Yeah, thank you. Good memory. Well, <laughs> oh, geez. Sorry about this, folks. That's all right. There's always the yeah Mars, and here we go. Okay, I'm gonna right. go right. Yeah, Mars and Gemini here. Good, perfect. Yep. Oh boy. Those are twins. It's 
It's number but, seven. Um, and it's been actually one of those things. That it's kind of like I think yeah. in the process of doing this, I think I'll be coming someone who's going to be, and I'm probably going to be teaching some classes at Kepler on the angle so that you know we understand them a little better because it's just there's something about it that really brings up a lot of awareness. Maybe Nathan, Nathan, can you get slide seven? Thank you. Okay, there we are. Yeah, here's my thing. Houses do not define the angles, but the angles of the chart can define the houses depending on the house system you're using, or it represents a sensitive point within the house, and they remain the same regardless of the house system you use. What I like to think of is, um, it's a difference, I think, I, what I think about with Coke and Placid is they're more psychologically and emotionally centered, so I find that they work really well when looking at it through that lens. But, and it makes it very personal because those points are like, are, are so identifiable. But with the whole sign houses, the, the angles are simply sensitive points within that house so that you know that they're there, there's something that's going on and it imbues that whole sign and house with the same sort of energy. It, so you must, yeah. I accept whole houses. I must confess, I don't always use them, but it's been a fascinating on a personal basis reality to to so yep i'm with it yeah where did you oh did you want to begin is there here with perhaps the ascendant of yeah and i said i said that just a second ago so if we go to the next oh, one yeah. i can like start with the descriptions with the yeah so here kind of this is how i look at it with the angles so each of the four angles are really basically our cross of incarnation is how we look at it from the esoteric standpoint the ascendant is how the world meets me and how i meet the world also i see it as the greenhouse effect meaning if you're in a in a glass greenhouse that is pink as the picture shows here, this woman is wearing pink glasses. Everyone who looks at her is going to see her eyes are pink. She's in a pink glass building that she's pink. And everything she looks out and sees is going to be pink. So that's the coloring that the ascendant sign gives to us. It's basically our operating system or our frame of reference. But it's just kind of like, you know, how we how we really, you know, kind of like that instinctual way, the kind of the first hit people get us. In the typical astrology we look at is that's very Aries oriented. These are all the angles are in theory very cardinal in the way they approach the world. Initiatory. I really, and I will, I was just thinking when you said that about how when self sees the world and then how you're seen, it reminds me of light. It's a wave yeah. and it's a particle and yet it's both depending on how it's viewed, you know, that personal or the objective. It's right. most amazing. Right. Okay. And the thing that's fun with each of these angles is is realizing that they are polarities. You know, that's again, you know, what we deal with so much in astrology. You know, that you have the um, the IC and the MC is a polarity, and the ascendant descent are the polarities. So um, for the MM Chelly, which is the bottom of the chart, the IC it means how I meet my inner family self and how my inner family self meets me, or who am I be at home be by myself behind closed doors, a really very private space typically. Um, I find that it really represents a lot about that home aspect, the family we came from, but also kind of like that kind of inner family home that we have within ourselves. You express it very uh, helpfully. My inner family self, that really shows the foundational roots that the I see that fourth house energy constitutes. It's so private. It's the most private part of the whole chart and is our interpretation of everything. It's just profound. And who am I when I'm by myself behind those closed doors? It's just a great illustration. Are you, 
Next, okay. Thank you. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. And the descendant, you know, really, and, and the previous sign um, is usually, you know, a cancer ruled. So, you know, when we think of home, that makes perfect sense in family. The descendant, we look at as being more Libran, of course, with how I meet other and how other meets me or who I am in relationship to you. Because as we all know, we act in certain ways on our own, but when we're in relation to other people, you know, we may have a different voice we affect or a whole different mannerism or personality we have. But it's really going to be about, you know, and that's really kind of like the approach and, and deal with relationship. I mean, that's really all, how most of us see that access point of the, of the seventh, going into the seventh house typically with the descendant. Yeah, it has both friend and foe, you know, that has a certain level of the enemy because it's not recognized as part of ourself. And it is in some ways for the relationship signs, whether Libra or Scorpio, it seems like the whole world has some relationship. You know, everything's in a relationship. Of something. Right. Okay. <laughs> exactly. And then finally, uh, the medium celli or the MC or also known as the mid heaven, how I meet my path and how my path meets me, or what is my path in life and how the public sees my or what I also like to say is how did in the and the slide picture is um, why did the why did the goat cross the road? Because <laughs> usually ruled by Capricorn, you know the, the old goat. <laughs> oh boy! It's a way in which you know people you know like for those of us in the astrology world, I mean there's some some um, some of the high flyers in the astrology world might have a Uranus conjunct their ascendant, or might have a Sun in Aquarius, or you know a Sun in Scorpio up in their midheaven. Uh, something like that that really brings in that kind of an understanding of these deeper processes. Yeah. So it's kind of like a nice little overview for people to kind of get a sense of what each of the angles are and what they do. And then the planets, I think I said it earlier, but I'd say what I found more often than not was the idea that these planets, these individuals can't but express these planets. And I like what um, Alan Leo says about this. He says, well, what makes a planet the angle so special? Because what we were just talking to, each of those four angles is really related to those cardinal signs of Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn. They are co concerned with making manifest and concrete, with bringing out into the open, unveiling and manifesting whatever may be latent in the personality and everything that is denoted by the signs and the planets connected with the angles. It's really powerful. And the next, the next slide I really like because for those of you who have ever done or and been interested in astrology or even wanting to debunk astrology, there was a famous um, uh, researcher named Michel Gauguin who actually wanted to debunk astrology. And he went through 25,000 birth records of European professionals in who, and he found a greater than statistical average for people doing certain things. He, he focused on Mars, and what he found was when Mars was in these certain uh, house systems right next to the angles, that these individuals were really known for either being in sports, doing something very Martian, and it was just one of those things that he was not able to um, dismiss and actually became quite active as an astrologer myself, as himself. And so this is kind of what helped me kind of understand as well. And so my book has a little bit of a thin veiling of that as well to kind of show that, that there's something to this thing we call astrology. All of us sitting here probably are mostly believers of it and, you know, practice it so well. But for those who don't, you know, I think it's good to, to give some offering people to understand it. And research increasingly is becoming our focus. David Cochran, Linda Berry. I know I have Linda Berry coming on 
for at Christmas Day with Richard Smoot. They're doing vibrational astrology, but they take exactly what you're doing, looking at the evidence and then coming up with a conclusion. And so it's both, you know, we are an intuitive art in a sense, but it's, well, the energies are partly intuitive, yes? I think that's the big step in the reality is, is that not everything is just A to B because we see it. It's linear. It's these other factors. So, but this well, even, adds. You know, even for us. Yeah, sorry. Mm, no. I was just going to say, I mean, that's what I think is so fascinating with this is it's like those of us who work with astrology, um, we can sit here and prognosticate and forecast all we want going forward um, and not being really clear about what exact aspect or what exact part of it is going to show up. But we know based on what the placements are that there's this likelihood of a range of expression that's going to show up. And that's what I tried to do with the book as much as just to show those ways in which it presents. And what happens when we get into the outer planets is just as, as one would think, you know, in the, in the inner planets, it's a very kind of clear sort of a thing. But as the outer planets, you know, from say Jupiter, um, Saturn, Chiron, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, um, they become more um, wide in, in their expression. You know, that there's a, because of their largeness, because of the, um, what do I want to say, the archetypal energy is involved. It's not as, as finite as it is when we find one of the other ones. And I love this. Um, Michelle Gauguin's wife, um, oh, by the way, because those of you who don't have the visuals on this because it is a podcast. Uh, Michel Gauguin, of course, would have a um, angular planet. He has Jupiter conjunct his midheaven. It's three degrees, it's three degrees apart. And he has Mercury, con Mercury and Scorpio conjunct his IC and the Jupiter MC in Taurus. And his wife said that he was something of a medieval tyrant and not easy to live with. <laughs> yeah. Taurus Scorpio, right? <laughs> Well, his birth data is November 13, 1928, at 10.15 p.m. in Paris, France. I don't speak much French, although I'd love mm -hmm. to. So, welcome. And this is a whole house chart with a Leo rising. So it's zero degrees Leo. And, you know, I was thinking about that, the tyrant. Well, I suppose fixed natures can have their way and, 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 so and then there's a the cultural it's interesting yes but <laughs> also jupiter and taurus right there's this there is a meanness there is a it's my way mm. right that can be so and, and it's a, a real aggrandizing of self right up there at the midheaven right i mean he's really good in fact the other thing that i found interesting aaron sullivan knows knew them very well and she said that francoise was actually his wife was really the one who did more of the research he took the credit for it ah. that's jupiter in midheaven right <laughs> Well, so let's see. Oh, we have these are ideas of that. But it seems potent to me just to say that it's one feels that augmentation of themselves. And it's by because you're expressing, as you say, the planetary ex expressions and that others see it, even though you yourself may not. So th th these are um, and that people like to attract together. I mean, just bring paraphrasing things items that you've mentioned here on the chart. And I think yeah. actually it was funny because like the Kennedys, um, the English Royal family, 
um, Charles Manson and the Manson family. What I think it is, is there's an intensity for these individuals who have these planetary placements and other individuals aren't who have the same kind of placements aren't as afraid of them. I see we need to do commercials. You want to come back to this? After no, this we have a little moment. Yes, we have a little breakaway always. And I'm speaking here with Michael Bartlett and we will come back about Mavericks. And do you have what takes to change the world because as he says in this particular one it's the crazy ones misfits rebels troublemakers but they see things differently i'm paraphrasing because they're not really fond of the way it's done the rules but you can't ignore it because it's a change makers imagining healing exploring creating inspiring and perhaps this is genius so as we go ahead with pluto and aquarius we'll all the, we'll all be misfits or <laughs> i'm adding this <laughs> Or genius. Thank you. We'll be right back November 27th, Talk Cosmos. Thank you. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Sagittarius, ruled by the largest of all planets, Jupiter, the Roman god or Zeus by the ancient Greeks. By leaving a cycle based on power and powerlessness of life and death and regeneration, involving committed relationships, Sagittarius energy finds meaning for an expanded perspective and potential for actualization in their search for truth. As a mutable fire sign depicted by the centaur, Sagittarius is adventurous and seeks the beyond. Sagittarius travels to far places, physically and mentally, to find the truths of life. This is Martha Norwalk, every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Linda Rasmussen at VerticalEnergyWorldwide.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, it's Shelter Rescue Sanctuary and anything that helps our Animal Friends Sunday. We'll check in with our regulars, Meow Cat Rescue, Help Animals India, Seattle Dogs Homeless Program, and the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga. Plus, we'll unleash the jingle cats and dogs for the holidays. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Talk Cosmos is celebrating its sixth season and has a special gift for everyone listening to the show. A free mini transit reading from your natal chart. This reading can help you discover your life path forward and make you aware of current opportunities and challenges. Talk Cosmos Kaleidoscope Visions panel invites you to participate in this learning experience and to interact with the astrologers reading your chart in 2023 during the monthly Kaleidoscope Visions show. Schedule your mini transit reading and find more information about the panel at talkcosmos.com. 
We look forward to connecting with you for a free natal chart mini transit reading during the monthly Kaleidoscope Visions show at 1 p.m. Pacific on Talk Cosmos. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. Oh, thank you so much. Here, I'm just going to... Michael, before... I'm with Michael Bartlett, of core Michael, and maybe I'll, Nathan, we can put that down just for a moment, the slides, if you would. Thanks. What do you have planned coming up? We always ask the guest, perhaps you want to share some classes or focus? Uh, Right now, actually, I just got done with a couple talks that we did, um, and I'm getting ready to, I think the next big one after this is in March in Istanbul for the astrology days in, in Istanbul, which will be really exciting the end of March. Um, and just right now working on probably getting some classes ready and some workshops for Kepler and working. One of the things I really love doing with this, um, with the Mavericks is helping people to identify their Maverick planet, seeing what sort of aspects are affecting those planets, talking with the individual as far as how those planets are operating in their lives, and then giving them helpful feedback on how to make those specific planets work for their highest good. It's invaluable because there's so many gifts. It, it Just as he was saying, if these are energies that are being asked to really reveal but yet society is giving this push-pull like, nah, maybe not, then we need that that energy. I know, well, we have questions ahead, but that fascinates me. In Istanbul, now this is Turkey, it's not India, that's right. And is it a traditional or is it a Hellenistic or what kind of a astrology I conference? Think it's modern, I think it's pretty much modern astrologer, owner dozers group. Was I was wondering nice. if it was owner yeah, doser. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. he's a wonderful soul. He's fantastic. Yeah, he's a beautiful yeah. soul. Exactly. Another Aquarian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. Then, Nathan, yeah. let's go back. Okay. So we know that it matters. We're changing the world and it's happening. And this is fascinating too. So, this. If you want to continue here, Michael, on your sure. I kind of said this a little bit earlier on, um, and it's it's interesting because this is where I th- where when we talk about research, right? We want to see these things are a little more finite, and so a lot of astrologers are like, oh well, I only want to see it if it's an applying aspect, and the orb needs to be really tight. And we talk about orbs as the distance between two between two planets by degrees or two points. And so what I originally did is I thought, oh, I'll do like five degrees within five degrees for the planet in each of the angles. Well, then after I did a few of the planets, I realized when some of my settings were actually wider. And what I've ended up finding is that it doesn't really matter if an individual has it tight or before or after the angle. As long as it's in the same sign as where that angle is found, they are just very highly, they're, they're highly strengthened, they're highly presented. And uh, again, it's one of these things that just, we can't help but be ourselves in these areas. And, and I always like that old saying is like, we don't know who discovered water, but it probably wasn't Pisces. I mean, fish, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, when we're sitting and we're soaking it, we don't think about, you know, these energies and why, why we have them. We just, we just are ourselves. It's good. And then we have two examples, as you were saying that before that Bill Gates doesn't appear. Now you wonder though, perhaps he would be the poster child of planets out of, out of sign on the angles. 
you know, it could be. Because right. I'm thinking exactly. myself, I have Uranus and Gemini. Now, this is a question of right. if his whole house, okay, well, it would still be in the 10th house. That's right, because all my Gemini would be in the 10th instead of the 9th. It's really more about when we talk, for at least how I did the book, it's really about the angle being in the same sign. But as I said, if you have your angles either at the end of the sign or the beginning of the sign, and then there's a planet just on, into that other sign, I think that would also still be. Because they're just like a clarion bell. They just act so strongly. The books are available on... Um, yeah, oh, yeah, no, no, please continue with that. Just because yeah. you had the slide up, but uh, mm -hmm. the books are available on Kindle. And actually, I like for I like Mavericks electronically because it's a lot easier to look around and find things. With, with, with I bought it that way. Us, yeah. Yeah. But for those of us who like to have the old physical ways, it's nice to go through it. But like I said, it's a thousand pages, so it can be really big. The well, only I place where it gets. Okay. Well, I forgot. I mean, I didn't forget. I will say I didn't choose a Kindle. I just wanted it and clicked it, and there I had it. So, but you were saying, yes, the only place you can. Oh, and I lost what it is, so it's okay. Oh, <laughs> oh boy, okay, because it's a thousand pages or something, and the only place you can. Okay, um, that's fine. Yeah, it's okay. All oh, right. just Thanks. oh, just when it gets into the outer planets, where it can be a little bit of an issue. So you know, because Pluto has a two hundred and forty year cycle, one of the key issues with this work, obviously, is in order to have the be able to count the angles, we need to have the birth time, the birth place, and the birth date. And before nineteen forty, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of people having their birth times tracked unless you were very wealthy or of, you know, of influence. So um, I actually have a few people in there who have a few thousand, including uh, Leonardo da Vinci, who, um, and then a couple of people, I think Roman, uh, a Roman general or someone. So it's very interesting to kind of how far back it goes and to see that, you know, there was a way that these individuals were expressing even back then. Yes. I'm astounded when they, their times do come up. I wonder was that how that was figured, but glad for it. Let's see. So, oh, yeah. Now, here we go. This was another example that you indicated, but I drew it further just to say, as you had said, that planets at the IC at the bottom of the chart, they're going into the fourth house. What a difference. Um, El Sir Elton John, which interestingly is he's making his final tour. Oh, how I would love to see him. I know, but, right? Yes, it would be so grand. And OJ Simpson is. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you were. Did you see the Rocket Man, the movie by El for Elton John? You know, is his biography. Is it? Oh, and it was so. very interesting. They did this little interesting montage of like when he started getting wealthy, and they show him like going in and out of a Rolls Royce and champagne and cocaine mm -hmm. and sex and all this kind of stuff. And then, well, of course, he's got Jupiter and Scorpio on the IC. You know, he had to go through all that. And look where he is today. I mean, the best thing a Scorpio can do is have those experiences to make them, you know, to bring them to reality, to bring them to kind of as what Aaron Sullivan likes to say is, you know, Scorpio kind of has to get sick and tired of itself. <laughs> well, it's always a matter of choices, you know, regardless. And I've often thought as one spirals in whatever turbulence one is managing, whether it's an air funnel or whether it's a water funnel, which is even, I don't know, which is scarier. But the point is, right. is that it's how many encores can a person have i mean after a while it's just you and your depth and if if that really satisfies you fine but sometimes having that reflection is like okay maybe it's time to 
consider another option. But if you don't see it, you can't experience it. And if you don't experience it, you're unable to understand it and then make your own reality. I, I very much, I need to hard knocks, boink, boink. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you're okay. So I am interested right now yeah. in just a theor theoretically looking at a chart here of Ellen, Elon Musk. We know that he has just bought Twitter. He's been in the news. It's been, and we don't know his birth time. And in astrology, if we don't know a birth time, often we put noon. And why? Because, just to say to the audience that the moon, because it travels takes two and a half days to go through a sign. So it's approximately 13 degrees of the 30 degrees in a day. So at noon, which is right in the middle of the day, that would mean midday, noon, is it could possibly show if it's what sign it's in, which then reflects back to. So at any rate, I won't deviate my thought here too much and to get my point across. Thank you. And so therefore, that's one manner. But the Aries point, looking at it archetypally, which this chart is at zero degrees, Aries as though the entry were the ascendant and then going along with the, with is the other way of doing it. So you just get, so we're not looking at houses at all because we can't even do whole side, whole houses unless we were to do it from the sun's viewpoint and we could do it that way. So if we are doing it in some manner where and, and this isn't to rectify or to know. I want to clarify and give a waiver for that energy so that we're clear to uh, theorize or prophesize or something. How, because there are energies here. So where would it be? It wouldn't matter. You're saying it would be in the first house or fourth, seventh, Yeah, for seventh, him, this would be the yeah, first, fourth, seventh, or tenth, depending, you know, of course, I mean, he's, he's, born, you know, in South Africa. So we're talking, you know, a very different latitude, you know, the most, it really changes the house systems, you know, and the signs, well, the house systems, actually, if you were going by house system, it was adjusted by the angles, because it really kind of scrunches the angles up a bit. But I'd almost, it's funny, like, for whatever reason, so you, we have the date done as uh, June 28th, 71 in Pretoria, South Africa. We have a date is 12 noon. Um, it puts that Jupiter, I mean, sorry, it puts Mars up there next to the mid, uh, sorry, Mars with the North Node, which I don't know, like for whatever reason, I just want to like give him a, like a Mars angle planet because like, what does he do? And it's in Aquarius. And what is oh, he doing? Yes. You know, he's really highly changing our ideas of transportation, you know, and, and wanting to do this whole elaborate subway system under under New York City where people can use their cars to get back and forth. And it's interesting because that Mars then, I mean, actually, it's this, this, the North Node is an inconjunct to his Mercury in Cancer. And in conjunction, folks, that's off. where it is 150 degrees and it's like a toggle between oil and vinegar. It might make good salad dressing, but it depends on how you can see the commonalities, like what purpose. Right. And, we, and to be honest, mix. we could see that having played out with this whole thing with Twitter, right? I mean, it was kind of a, a little bit of our blunder nightmare with what was going on. You wanted to buy it. I don't want to buy it. Um, Twitter's going to sue him if he doesn't buy it. I mean, is a Mercury 
in conjunction, right? There's, you know, there's going to be, even though, you know, it's an Aquarius to Cancer, those, those two Ooh, signs really It needs its own processing. Yeah. Pardon me for jumping in with you. No, I, please. I, yes. I, you inspire me so much. But I'm thinking of I love cancer. the excitement. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But Mercury in Cancer, which needs to have its process of processing, needs to really think on its own terms to, to come up with its product. You know, Cancer is taking time. It's not like Capricorn that says time's up. Maurice Fernandez, who is a, a strong teacher of mine, made that great analogy, which has always stuck with me. So here, particularly because he is a Cancerian sun, and interestingly, his Mercury, I think our natal sun is 13 degrees I believe it is. Like right. And so yeah. he is his thinking process is very much aligned with our natal sun energy, which I found. When you say Al, you mean the United States chart. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Thank <laughs> Just want to clarify. The, the, the <laughs> nations. Yeah, yes. not, yeah. Whether we're in it or not. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. The and the other thing is very interesting, you know, he's um he is um, autistic, right? So when you think of like Mercury in a water sign, Mercury in the sun and a water sign, it's not not Kazemi. They're eight degrees apart from one another. But you know, he's he's got a feeling way in which he processes. It's not a, it's not mentally oriented. So it's very, um, it's that emotional instinctual nature that water has, not the fire instinct, but that water instinct of, of kind of that, that knowing and, and allowing the ebb and flow, like you said, allowing the processing, right? Allowing that time, like, oh, I'm going to think about it a little while, but I'm going to see, you know, what the reaction is. And that Mars is in there in Aquarius and Mars in Aquarius, I don't think is really that, um, you know, that's kind of a hard spot for it because it's, it, and that's also, and I think in a way between that Mars and that, um, that placement with these two is that little bit of that social awkwardness he has, right? Well, he really, uh, Aquarius is such a genius as far as insightful, visionary concepts. I, I think of lightning when it flashes and then, I don't know if it was Rick Levine that gave that idea in some webinar that I listened to, but you, you see it and it's gone. But you have that memory. And so it's how do you get there? It's it's untread. You know, nobody's it was just given to you. And so, and particularly with his north node of his soul's destiny to integrate from his self into that community of of networking and and well, it represents many things, right? The archetypes do as far as um Innovation, technology, I think that's very appropriate. I was scrunching my neck here trying to turn the wheel, but then right. I remember because you aptly brought up the fact of in our astrology that if you get closer to of the poles, that the way the quadrant signs, quadrant meaning between the angles, how they're divided, which is many different systems, they can get really scrunched up. Like my father in Norway, many people were born with Virgo rising because it, the sun, it, well, it all gets into astronomy, which is a fascinating part of, of astrology. But here too, so he might have many signs, many planets in his first house, come to think of it. Would that be right? First and seventh? He's got, he's got let's see. 
the most he's got in any sign is two planets. So he's got Pluto and Moon in uh, <clears throat> Libra. He's got Sun and Mercury no, it, in Cancer. No, in Pluto. No, he's got. Oh, Pluto and Moon. I know it's kind of tiny, and I apologize. That's right. It's Virgo. It's he's got the Virgo Pluto, and Moon Pluto. Oh, those are Virgo. Oh, sorry, Virgo. Yeah, Moon and Moon and Pluto, Virgo. Sorry. And Sun yeah. and Mercury and Cancer, and then that's really it. He's got he's got a bay chart. You know, he's got he's got planets kind of going all over the place. So it gives him a little bit of that. Um, what do they call it? A, a jack of many and a master. <laughs> yeah, although it could be. So perhaps this is enough finale on this. He does have Neptune at zero degrees Sagittarius. But interestingly, a lot of these are out of sign. So the Jupiter, of course, is in Scorpio, late Scorpio. But I like that. I mean, that'd be an interesting thing. You know, say that Neptune was on one of the angles at zero degrees of Sagittarius or that Jupiter was on one of the angles, then, you know, because I mean, when you think about when two planets are, you know, five, 10 degrees apart, it doesn't matter if they're in different signs. They're still basically what we call in the Ptolemaic understanding is that they're within sight of one another. And so that's the same thing where I say, you know, even though my book doesn't cover it, you know, even if say you had a midheaven on that Jupiter, I would say it would also involve that Neptune. I don't, I don't think you could separate those planets from one another in the way they express themselves. Wouldn't you yeah. agree with that when it comes to conjunctions? Oh, absolutely. And I have that very much I mean, because I'm, well, I'm a Libra moon. But besides that, so I look at both sides a lot. And then the Virgo right. rising. So I introspect. I don't know. I can get really down some rabbit holes. But essentially, there's cusp. It's, it's again, going back to Rick Levine, I know who says, why houses in the first place? You know, because it's all morphing between the, the angles. And so there's that whole concept, if I'm relating his ideology mm -hmm. as a, which isn't mm -hmm. uncommon, but it's mm -hmm. true. It's the development of astrology goes from one development to the other, and we have this archetypal essence, and that's why we're looking at it to understand more. Exactly. And I think, you know, if we looked at it, I mean, the way this shows up, it is noon. I mean, actually how how he would be truly, if he was born at this time, based at the noon time, he would have a Uranus conjunct his ascendant. So that would make him a maverick there. And then he has the sun conjunct his midheaven. I would, of course, bring in that Mercury as well. So I would say he basically has like three maverick planets if we took his noon time. And even if we use that, I mean, Uranus, Uranus ascendant, in Libra, he's a very quirky, quirky individual who is known for his genius, right? Mm -hmm. And I personally put that time on just suspecting exactly for those reasons, thinking of Perfect. your maverick of doing a Libra rising. And now I realize, yeah, because it puts together Beautiful. his, uh, um, some those Planet. That Sun, yeah. Mercury, and Cancer squares at them, but then those would also be operating. So, I mean, like, if this really was his chart, that he'd be known for, people would see him as being a, like a quirky inventor that is about making things work better or finding greater harmony. And then that Sun, Mercury would really be about, like, okay, how do we make people feel safe? How do we make people feel full? I, I, I don't think this would be really as high. I can see the Uranus working, but I don't think people 
look at him and think, oh, he's building cars that are of exceptional safety and um, are for our clan. I mean, that's what I would think of the words that would maybe come up if that with that cancer kind of a placement, if it was really strong. I think there'd be more things that we'd know about him, like maybe his home or his family. I mean, I know he comes from a very wealthy family, of course, which that could also be an element of this son, Uranus square from cancer to um to libra you know that living a very different experience than the rest of us yes there's many ways <laughs> it's so true yes there's you're talking so many about ways. rabbit holes right <laughs> yeah yeah there are and, and that's where the value of so thank you thank you very much michael for for risking or going into the possibilities the probabilities but then perhaps with the energies right now Jupiter being all that Sagittarius, we're trying to find patterns, aren't we? Just naturally speaking. So that's, it's good. And for folks, once again, I'm leaving this up and then I'll take it away. But Michael is at coremichael.com and available in every direction for soul centered and go ahead. For, for those who have a podcast, my email address is Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L at CoreMichael, C-O-R-E-M-I-C-H-A-E-L.com. My website is CoreMichael.com. I'm pretty easy just to find me on the web. You know, if you do a Google search, if you put Michael Bartlett Astrology, you should be able to come up pretty easily. Yeah. And I also put, um, uh, uh, it all, of course, on the website, on Top Cosmos website. So here we are, too. So we can take those away, Nathan. That's good. Thank you. I have wonderful yeah. support. Yeah. So here we are. And Nathan's awesome. Mavericks. It's, oh, boy. I think, really, okay, the question I have, and we have a couple yeah. of minutes, maybe one minute. I don't know. Okay. So looking at a quadrant chart, so we have our time and it's set with according to where the ascendant is located when the sun was rising at the moment of our birth, that we let out or opened up our breath to the to, to incarnated here. So the angles could be if it's a late degree and it's right there, like let's say it's 29 degrees and it's 29 degrees on the that would that still be an angle or would it be the whole yeah because the angles really don't the angles remain the same and it's really i really like when you you just brought up the magical word the breath because when we're born that is the moment when that sign on the eastern horizon shows up that is our ascendant and we take that first breath we take our separation from our mother's womb and we become our own independent self and that is the moment then that sets up all those other angles and shows us who we are and where we're stepping forward and and it really it doesn't matter what sign system you use just i would just look for it and just see how close your planets are to your angles and chances are if they're like within 10 degrees you are a maverick even if yeah. they're in the same sign, you know, even if they're a little ways away, chances are. And if you're worried and you aren't sure, start asking your friends about how big your energy is. Ask, you know, start paying it, looking at your charts, looking at your friends' charts and seeing things. It's pretty magical when, when we start seeing these things show up. It is really true. It is so true. And that's a beautiful part about astrology. It gives us a template to accept the fact that natures have a way of behaving just like a plant maybe it needs more water maybe it needs shade maybe it wants sunshine so we dance with that yeah thank you michael it's you just too. a great experience of just exploring 
ways and possibilities. We have a moment here. And we might say that next week, Mark Jones from the UK will be joining with Planet Buzz about Jupiter, which is just leaving that oneness of many of all the powers to be in Pisces. So we thank everybody and thank you. Okay. Many blessings. Thank you. Until again, we will have you back. Thank you. I look forward to it. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. 